Post podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym. And what I like to do here on the podcast is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have a more in depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. So, obviously, it is COVID times. So, I don't have somebody right in this room, but due to the lovely wonders of technology, I have someone uh, talking to me remotely, which is great. And, uh, Without further ado, I have somebody who I've been meaning to get in touch with for quite a while now, and I'm so happy we finally have the excuse since we're doing this this remote thing. So please, oh please, welcome to the mic, <laughs> Kilsey Van Helsen. Hi, Kilsey. Oh, thank you so much. Hello. How are you doing? I'm so happy to be here. I'm great. Well, as <laughs> as great as one can be in uh, in these unprecedented times, as yes. everyone likes to say. <laughs> Somebody tweeted the other day, I think it was Dr. Eric Sprankle, who I absolutely love. He's a sex educator and he's so funny. He tweeted, um, just so everyone knows, an email has never found me well. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope this email finds you well. well like, <laughs> like, no. No, no, it no. Never has it, ever. <laughs> Especially not now. Precedented times. Oh. Yeah, what do wow. precedented, what is precedented times exactly? That's what I want to know. Yeah. But uh, how are things going for you? Like, what's your kind of quarantine life looking like? Um, not too bad, actually. I've been getting a lot of uh, rope bondage practice in, which is always a plus. Yep. I'm extremely lucky in that I have uh, a suspension frame in my living room. So I, I've just been doing a lot of uh, self-tying, Perfect. at least. Um, which I actually find very sort of soothing and therapeutic mm. in the middle of all these crazy things. Um, so that's nice. Yeah, it's like a so kinky hanging out with hug. My cats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> kinky snuggles. Um, <laughs> and your cats. That's nice. And, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wholesome beyond that. I'm, uh, I was kind of a hermit beforehand, so I've just increased my hermitness yes. a little bit. <laughs> And you're saying to me before we aired, you are high risk, are you? Yes. I'm, so you're uh, really, really being careful and not going out for even, like, do you even go get groceries yourself or what happens there? Um, well, earlier I went to go get a pizza and I ended up with groceries. So I'm um, <laughs> still, still leaving the house. Uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, I've, I've just been sort of puttering along. And if uh, I get like overly anxious, I have a pretty good crew around that I can ask for help. So that's nice. That's You've nice. got some support people or some little some little service subs that, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they love it. It's great. <laughs> great. So before we get too much into anything, why don't you uh, tell the listeners who don't know you who you are and what you do? Oh, awesome. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Great. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, Kilsey Van Helsen. Uh, I'm going on Instagram and my social media now as Battleaxe Bondage, uh, which is 
a little bit of a throwback to my burlesque title of the Battle Axe of Burlesque, mm-hmm. but I'm a rope bondage educ- educator and performer um, more often than not. And I, as a queer person, sort of aim to um, elevate and show different sides of, uh, of rope than we're usually familiar with. Very cool. And you, are you doing this in a studio or do you do it with people in your home, teach classes, do one-on-one sessions? What does that look like more specifically? Well, it's changed uh, format slightly um, because of COVID, but um, what I'm doing now is actually offering educational rope videos on my uh, site that rhymes with Flownly Lands. Um, Okay. As opposed to offering it in a physical space, especially because I can't, like with physical distancing, I can't touch people the way I normally would. Um, So I'm doing workshops and privates that way at the moment. Sure. And is that like, does that look like much what like I would do say pre COVID like doing one-on-one in-person domination sessions um, mm-hmm. or yes, like along the same lines, only yours, I'm sure have a lot more um, skill involved where, where the rope is concerned. <laughs> I have zero, zero, negative zero <laughs> rope skills. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the beauty of res- like restraints though, right? It's just, totally. It's uh, a belt and different a bondage for different folks. Oh, I mean, there's so much appeal in that realistically like I look at that as a rope bondage person and I'm like oh that's so nice that took (laughs) no effort and time whatsoever wow (laughs) but it's it's the ritual and and the sort of um patient appeal of it is definitely a big reason why I got involved in the first place with rope so yeah sure how did Mm -hmm. you first kind of since you're telling me about that how did you first get into rope Oh, uh, this is also a fun story. Cool. Um, I met I met a guy on Tinder. Uh, <laughs> of course, as one. Well, does. yeah, where you meet all qualified rope doms. Um, sick <laughs> <laughs> <it> burn. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tinder stories are like we could do a whole other hour on that. I promise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I met him through there, and we um, I was with another partner at the time. Uh, as well, who unfortunately ended up just telling me later on that he was in no way, shape, or form kinky, and that was a something in the relationship that we needed to figure out. Um, But I ended up um, starting to work with this rope top, and I was just compelled. Like, I'd never been pulled towards anything so strongly in my life before. Yeah, it was like a a piece of me had sort of settled back in, and I uh, I just kind of blindly followed that. (laughs) Like Um, a little rope zombie. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, In Greek mythology, there's there's a character who uh, helps someone out of a labyrinth, and she does so by leaving a string. so they can find themselves back. And that's very similar to how I experienced it. That's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) And you experienced that through like you being a rope bottom for for this guy, this Tinder guy. This, this, (laughs) I mean, long story short, um, 
we did end up living together as sort of like a working pair. Um, but um, yeah, I ended up bottoming for him and then learning how to tie eventually. And that sort of uh, brought a whole other new dynamic to it for me. And when you first started doing rope, what was what were some of the things that you liked about it? Um, as you can hear, I'm an overthinker. And, uh, <laughs> You're doing uh, great. You're doing great. Thanks. Don't worry. Thanks. Um, no, because uh, I'm, I suffer from anxiety and depression, it was actually very interesting for me to find a space where I was so blatantly put out of my mind and into my body. And I had never felt mental quiet like that before. So that was uh, that was definitely a reason I sort of found myself walking down that path. And then realizing that from the flip side, that I as a rigger could give that space to somebody else definitely made me pick up the rope from the other side, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, once you've learned that, you're like, oh my god, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and you're just oh, like, for sure. I need to share my skill with the world. I need to share this secret that I yeah. know about rope. Like this hidden knowledge. It it does sort of make me feel slightly like, I think witchy-woo, like a witchy-woo yeah, kind of person totally. is a good way to, uh, to describe it. But I mean, I do identify as a witch as well. So this is just sort of a culmination of like all of my experience with performance and burlesque and my spiritual side and um, the sort of like bodywork aspects of aesthetics that I really enjoy all rolled up into one like cool ball. Yeah. So when did you first get into maybe realizing you had enough of these skills or you had logged enough hours that you could, you know, maybe offer a workshop or, you know, ask, be like, oh, hey, you wanted to learn about rope? Like, why don't you come over for a couple hours and I'll explain some things to you like when was the first time you started doing stuff like that oh um so i i participated in the rope community in ottawa for a couple of years as a learner and then i started to take a closer look as to the kind of education that was being offered mm. how it was being offered and what kind of improvements i could make upon it and what was the general like outlook of what what people were doing? Like what did you see commonly? I felt as though I saw a lot of a lot of emphasis on getting thing like getting there really really quickly, like finding an end and then just sort of barreling forward through the process to just meet that end. Mm. Um and a lot of like I honestly felt as though there wasn't enough emphasis being put on emotional and mental health and safety in mm -hmm. those respects as well, especially as a bottom, like as a switch rather, who has had bad experiences with other partners. I didn't feel as though there was enough education happening about discussing safe limitations or being safe with yourself. Yeah, totally. And like, as far as I know, I'm again, not a rope person, but like, it seems like 
there should be a lot of safety surrounding rope. Like, it seems to me like <laughs> that's something we should really learn about before just jumping into. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd figure that would be common sense, right? I would. Um, I would. That is something yeah. I consider common sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, one of the things that I'm I'm finding in terms of, like, even in just interacting with people on Tinder, um, there seems to be a lack of understanding of the gravity mm-hmm. of role play. Um, and the, the fact that you really are as a bottom putting your life and your safety in someone's hands. Yeah. Um, like I always tell people, I'm like, rope is one of the weapons in clue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legit. You know, that board game, <laughs> you know, that one of them is a little rope. <laughs> just saying <laughs> like I I try to add sort of like playful danger aspects when I'm teaching like I use the phrase accidental noose um, quite a bit <laughs> yeah but that's because it's happened to me both in and out of rope and I, it's terrifying Yeah, like that's not something I want to have a student experience um, so I I I I feel kind of broken recordy sometimes because I just kind of sit there and I'm like, nope, rope play is edge play, friends. You gotta yeah. gotta be serious about that stuff. Hundred percent, totally. And okay, so when you were kind of going through a couple of years of like learning and watching and seeing what other people were doing, physical safety not enough of a focus on physical safety. You also mentioned like mental emotional safety. Can you talk about? kind of what the general consensus was doing as far as that there was just no discussion of it whatsoever oh wow really yeah like that's it was really a lot of um this is how you put rope on people don't get me wrong that is that that's a very practical approach to rope bondage but i Especially for beginners, I feel as though there really needs to be an emphasis put on the fact that you're dealing with neurological content especially when it comes to endorphin release basically i think kink is a lot more complicated than can be covered in like a really short course so i try to make that concise and also make that known Mm -hmm. that it's like it should have some actual thought behind it before you just kind of make the decision to go like this is something that i want to pursue yeah And I know, I mean, I know from being a pro how a lot of people kind of don't go that extra step. You know, they're like, oh, I want you to do all these things to me. And I'm like, okay, but what's like under this? Like, what's the feeling you want to feel? What, you know, what do you want out of this? Why do you want me to do this to you? Like, give me some more insight into what's going on in your brain or emotionally for you. And I often have to kind of backtrack with people to like try to extract that information from them. Cause that, that's how I practice too. Like those are the important things. Like that's how I want to, that's how I deliver a nuanced scene. Like, sure. I can, you know, tie you up and I can do some impact play and well, I can't tie you up with rope. I've already mentioned that, but I can buckle you in a, a leather, you know, some leather cuffs real good. Trust me. 
I'll only break a nail sometimes. But, um, <laughs> you know, like you can go through all the motions and that's a fine enough scene, I guess, if that's what you're into. Uh, which is cool. I mean, some people don't need all this super deep play happening. So, you know, it's still valid. But um, yeah, I, I, I think just like even in an educational context, I'm just like, what? You're not even mentioning any of that stuff. Like at a wor- rope workshop, you're not talking about what the intentions that people might have behind doing like scenes with rope. Just kind of yeah, it's blowing. Uh, yeah, I mean... In those instances, I'm speaking specifically to sort of um, educators in the area, not necessarily educators from out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, Just what you were seeing when you were kind of trying to learn, right? And and what kind of people were you generally seeing? Like, were you seeing patterns as far as who are the tops, who are the bottoms, stuff like that? Um, actually, one of the main reasons I, I separated myself from the kink community as a whole uh, was because after attending like numerous parties and workshops and social events, I got really turned off by the fact that I was seeing male presenting folks in a sadistic or dominant role Mm -hmm. and constantly female presenting folks in a submissive or receiving role. Yeah. And after going to a few play parties where that was the norm, I just wanted to seek more diversity. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. And generally, like, like, het people, cis people, white people. Yes, all of the above. Yes, 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 and yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So you were like, were you like, oh well, where am I when I watch that? Or what were you thinking when you're like, oh, wow, this is a pattern? Well, at, at those points, at those points where while I was noticing these things, I was actually starting to like tie folks at these parties. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to get better. So I was becoming a, like, a bigger figure in the community and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and like from stage, I would notice that the people I had brought to the party were the only queer people at the party Hmm. and that we were being watched by everyone else Mm -hmm. and it was at that point that I kind of noticed that we were being like used as a novelty and that just doesn't feel good Um, so I wanted to try to create a space where there wouldn't be those icky feelings basically totally and how did you go about doing that because Capital is uh, kind of low for me personally. I decided it would be a good choice to partner with a local business. Okay. Um, because they had an available space uh, and an available custom um, suspension frame. Cool. Yeah. Good idea. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to sort of gear the space towards... Um, more solid education and specifically to give a space to the the more more marginalized folks in the the kink community who didn't have one who were not being catered to uh by these other spaces and so what were your first kind of things that you did with your business were you hosting play parties or were you doing workshops or were you taking private sessions like domination sessions what did that kind of look like when you were starting out um i was 
doing some classes. Uh, I had written up a beginner course that I'm actually really proud of. Uh, it's sort of a consecutive, like, six-week course of everything you need to know if you're a little baby who wants to start rope bondage. <laughs> Love it. Which is, uh, I, I do a two-hour lecture on the history of Shibari, if you're very interested. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah. It, I was basically given a platform to uh, let my little academic come out, and that was wonderful. But I also do private tying sessions and private teaching sessions and all those kinds of things as well. So it was working out really nicely. Okay, cool. And then, and then what happened? And then what happened? Um, COVID happened, obviously. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, sure did. With a, yep. with gusto. Oh, much gusto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> much gusto was had. Yeah, by the by the plague of the twenty twenties. Um, yep. <laughs> as someone with a degree in medieval and Renaissance studies, I'm like stunned <laughs> by the world right now. Uh, Love it. Um, but yeah, um, unfortunately. What happened with the space later on was that um, as uh, we started to talk more about how our system is not very kind towards minorities, allegations from previous employees of the store where my space was came out that were just incredibly distasteful (laughs) to the point where I could no longer consider bringing my clientele there. So you striving to like create a safe space, was there like toxic people around or like what was, what was happening that people felt, you know, that it wasn't safe? Well, apparently at one of their sister locations, um, they had held a racial, like a racially fetishized themed party. Okay. Um, Yeah. Which I'm... I have a lot of opinions and thoughts on to start out with. Yeah. And that opinion is largely don't do it. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't I, do the thing. And it's like, uh, yeah. And and the stuff like that, marketing that is like that in like play spaces is more common than you think, mm-hmm. unfortunately, right now. Like you think like, you know, I'm in Toronto, so I'm kind of in a bubble where most people are fairly are fairly quote unquote woke. But mm-hmm. like there are still spaces that are doing like like a BBC night or Ugh. a tranny night or you know, um just like really fucking harmful stereotypical marketing and advertising it's like and I've even heard like because I know the people that run these events and and they generally cater to like an older crowd so that's kind of how they're getting away with it is that oh those are terms these folks still use Mm. (laughs) and then they come to me and they're like how do we get young people in our spaces you know and I'm like, well, <laughs> like, let's, let's talk let's, around Okay. That. Yeah. Do you have an hour? Like I'm like flipping through my notes. It's like, <sighs> yeah. So yeah. So under- yeah. understandable that, um, yeah, you would yeah. come across something like that. Um, so, so it, this is like folks of color, black people are folks of color. 
um, saying like, hey, the sister business is hosting these nights. Yeah. And I'm not comfortable with it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They had an employee who voiced her opinions, an employee of color um, who voiced her opinions and went, this is just not a thing that's okay. Um, Their defense was that the party was hosted by a woman of color, which... Okay. Uh, uh, and then they ended up firing this employee over it. Anyways. The employee that complained. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty fucking problematic. Just a little bit. <laughs> later on, uh, it was a couple days later, another former employee came out who is trans and who was transitioning while working there. And there were just some incredibly incredibly horrible things uh said and done um by the owner of this this shop against this person so dear yeah so what did that feel like for you that you're like well my business like these are like the co-partners of your business kind of or just or the space you work out of anyways right so how did you how did you feel about that what did you do um uh, I, I got super upset. I'm, I'm a little Aries fireball. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, things got real, really quickly. And I mean, like the only thing that I could think of to do was to denounce it on social media first off. Right. Um, Just and, public call out. Good old fashioned yeah, public call out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they can fight me. I don't care. <laughs> at me. <laughs> like, at me. Do it. I'm the battle axe. What? Um, it's like at me, come at me. Um, it's uh, yeah. So I, I just, I just kind of went, I'm in no way, shape or form involved with these people. I believe this employee because surprise, I'm also an anti-capitalist and I've been treated poorly by bosses before for speaking out against them. Oh, so I, I, uh, I just kind of went that route and then cut all ties. I already had all my things from the, the space so i'm just so you just got the fuck out yeah you're like later days later days thanks peace got nothing (laughs) was that difficult for you though because that's your business strangely it wasn't it was um hell yeah yeah it was really easy for me to just kind of be like no like these i i care much more about creating a safe space then um, continuing to provide free advertising and um, mm-hmm. whatnot for for this business who treats their employees horribly. And then COVID happened. Was that right before COVID, or or what's the, what was the timeline? Oh, the time um, the timeline for that was last week. Oh hell! That's when I made that decision. Okay. Yeah, it was quite recent. <laughs> you are right in the middle of it then. So what are you thinking, like, as far as what's going to happen with your business? Like, have you gotten there yet to know kind of what you might do? Not particularly. I'm going to keep up with posting educational content on uh, online. On the socials, um, yeah. On the socials and whatnot. Um, I'm going to focus more on my sort of, like, creative artistry type stuff, um, especially because I'm going back to school in the fall. Okay, cool. Um, so I, I, I think I'm just gonna focus on the things that 
sort of balm my soul and uh, are a little bit kinder to my nervous system. <laughs> totally. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. So what does that look like? You're like doing artistic rope. What, how is that different from like, from, you know, basic, basic, some basic rope ties you might do? Well, I mean, um, creative and artistic rope for me is really just tying beautiful humans to trees. So (laughs) I mean, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's going to be it. (laughs) A hundred days of that. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a fan of like taking pictures like of your rope and kind of, you know, going to document documenting it all is or is it more just about like the experience between the two of you or however many people are involved? Um, I really enjoy photography, um, but I kind of specifically work with photographers who act as though they are not part of the scene at all. (laughs) You prefer to have them not in the scene? Well, I I like to sort of preserve the dynamic of the scene and like the, the like authentic feelings of it. Yeah. So if I work with a photographer, I prefer them to kind of like not be in my way. (laughs) If that makes sense. (laughs) You stand there. Yeah. It's like, stay out of the way don't get hit with any ropes and then we'll get some really great shots. Yeah. Cause you can either, I mean, I've done shoots both ways where you're doing a shoot where you are creating pictures, you know, creating like visual um, scenes to be photographed or like where you're essentially like posing for the camera or, I've also done shoots where we're doing a scene and you're photographing the scene, you know? So I've worked obviously doing, doing both of those things. And, um, yeah, for me, you can't, you can't be like just doing a scene and getting candid moments of a scene. Like to me, those are the best. Like chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Exactly. Perfect. Um, yeah. 
I I really am not a big fan personally of doing like fashion style. Yeah, right. Uh, rope shoots, um, because I I kind of find that they're a little bit harder on both the model and the the rigger, um, mm-hmm. because it's a lot of like okay tie 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 tie. Pose, stop, take the picture, and then you come in and you like tie some more, and it's it's not a like nice connective experience like a regular rope scene would be. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly, and that's why I do rope. I don't do rope to like fashion photography it yeah for fashion (laughs) yeah i mean like sort of i for the aesthetic (laughs) (laughs) but yeah is that is that still an important part of of it for you the aesthetics of it like the visual aesthetics of it that's still a big part of it right yeah oh Oh, yeah oh Oh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) like that was another thing that like sucked me into it in the first place for sure Um, how pretty it is oh it's beautiful yes uh i'm a I'm a sucker for a Japanese aesthetic, um, <laughs> which I also have a lot of feelings on as a as a white lady, because um, I try to do it like as traditionally as possible, like as far as Japanese tradition. Yes, while also being respectful and like staying in my lane. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course, not like mm-hmm. appropriating. Yes. Um. I I kind of think of it similarly to um, martial arts in that kind of philosophy where it is meant from a place of respect, but I just sort of zhuzh it and dress it in a way that is um, more creative and reflects me Mm -hmm. as to, as opposed to sort of like uh, reflecting where it comes from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean with like what you mentioned, like how it doing a fashiony type fetish shoot can be difficult, like for both parties, both the top and the mm. bottom, because you don't have that element of the scene. Cause I feel like with the adrenaline going with like all the endorphins going um, with the dynamic on top of it, with your emotions engaged, it's like, those are the things that make that bring all of this together and if all of those things are absent then it's just kind of like you're painfully hanging from a rope like yeah (laughs) yep it's like you just have to sit there (laughs) like that's a scene by itself like okay you just hang there um and you smile (laughs) for the camera it's like on your tippiest toes yeah like that's a kink scene uh, oh definitely <laughs> right? in and of itself like, like i'm not gonna dom you you're just gonna hang there and hurt and i'm gonna take pi- and i'm gonna take pictures of you <laughs> like that's that's the scene but i th- i have a feeling that most people going into doing a f- like a uh a uh photo shoot where it's like kink fashion that's probably not what what where your head's at no no <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> and i mean don't get me wrong there's there's totally something to be said for the like um the betty page style like pinup kind of bondage shoots like i love those mm-hmm. love them they're beautiful um a kitschy as a kind of uh, kitschy like as yeah. a burlesque performer like again chef's kiss like i ah, love that totally. um but 
that doesn't show the depth and uh, breadth of what a scene is. And I think that's largely like why people are drawn to rope in the first place. Um, so it, I kind of prefer to have a portfolio full of like actual proper moments right. uh, from a scene. But really what I like to have is a part portfolio full of like people smiling in my rope. That's mm. the most important thing for me. Um, because as much as I love sadistic rope and suffering, that's not necessarily the feeling I want to elicit for everyone. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. And why, why do people smile when they're tied up? Oh, I could answer that so many different ways. Um, Please do. Please do. Yeah. Uh, Cause subspace is a hell of a drug, I think is the, the best mm -hmm. way to put it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, and also that it, it, is a very connective experience. Um, it is a place of safety and a place of uh, calmness, at least in the way that I weave it. And that's like, I want people to sort of relax and melt into a puddle of goo in my ropes. And that's why they smile, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and does it feel like, is it also painful? Is it like both? Or can you do rope that's you know, more so just the softer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, can you do like a real, a softer side of rope that doesn't have yeah. any uncomfortability whatsoever? Oh, for sure. Um, one of the styles I'm most influenced by is known for being like very erotic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, it's very saucy. Ooh. Um, but it's, it's based on making the person in rope feel beautiful. And that's, I, I take a lot of the sort of philosophical content from this style because I, I don't actually have a lot of partners that I get like super sexual with in mm. my rope. So I find that uh, this philosophy of like making the person feel beautiful and protected and as though they are a piece of art mm. is um, something that very much appeals to me as a, as a rigger. So I kind of take that um, philosophy and go, here's an alternative mm -hmm. to the pain and suffering. Like, yes, love doing sadistic rope. There is beauty in pain and suffering, mm -hmm. but that's not what everybody is seeking. Yeah, I, I have to say I take a similar approach for my domination. Like, yeah, I can do this sadistic, stereotypically mean dom, but, you know, I think what I what I like to advertise more is probably the other side of it where it's like, well, also we can have fun and also, you know, I can be laughing. Um, also it can be sensual and soft and encouraging and healing and like, um, or a mix of all of that, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm working with, um, some some newer folks now i i feel like i'm a little bit of a gateway kink drug right. um yeah me too i feel uh, yeah. people book me for that too like yeah they th they book me because they think i'm the nice one because uh... <laughs> we're blonde and cute right it's like exactly. oh you're the blonde cute one you must not be like horrible right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so i hear you surprise I hear you. yeah <laughs> um um yeah it's uh 
I'm I'm really sort of enjoying showing people that um, submissive is not a bad word. I think um, a lot of people are naturally inclined towards exploring a place where they're not in control all the time, um, because I I feel that's something that's sort of like hammered into us. Um, you must you must have your finances in order and your house in order and your career in order, et cetera, et cetera. But um, submission offers a space where you don't. And I think that's very liberating for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. It's a vacation, mm. baby. Totally. Yeah, I think that's uh, super valuable to let people know that because a lot of times I'll you know, be having either a consultation with somebody or just kind of negotiating beforehand with a client. And the moment some of them realize that they don't have to endure pain, like they don't have to do that to get all these Mm -hmm. other things that they want in a scene is like, I'm like, oh, oh, baby. Oh, honey. Oh, honey, baby. No. It's like, who told you that? Who? Who told who did this to you? Who, 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 tell me. Tell me all about Stop it. Stop that. <laughs> come here. Come here. Come here. Um, come here, baby. But, you know, I mean, that's what the general population probably think of kink, right? Mm-hmm. That, and, and maybe that is a thing that's standing in a lot of people's way. And they're like, ooh, I like these things about it, but I can't. I don't like pain. So mm-hmm. I, will, I guess I can't. Um, that one, that's actually one of the reasons I'm really getting into, um, high protocol Mm. domination right now. Um, a a lot of, uh, the people I'm working with really love to like, to, to serve and to do things. And I'm like, cool, you can like pour my wine, you can put my shoes on, you can (laughs) do these things. Um, but it's, it's, uh, just a different aspect, a different sort of, uh, side of it. Um. And that's something that is very rewarding for a lot of them because it's still uh, positive submission, but there's no pain aspect to it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I can think of, you know, 50 kinks that don't require pain, you know, and people just don't know that. But yeah, service is a lovely, lovely example of that. And I'm a huge fan of protocol. To me, protocol is like one of the most loving things like to put some protocol in in any relationships you have like by all means tell the person what you would like to do for them and that you would like to do it more often and in this way and they will say you know either yay or nay and they'll be like ooh well that gives me an idea if you do this thing for me in exactly this way um you know and and doesn't have to be written in stone like we can try it for a bit and then see if it's actually practical for our relationship but you can add in all these little moments that are like going to feel like you are loved and like you love mm-hmm. or that you're cared for or that you're a sexy little fuck toy or you know whatever feeling you want to elicit these are all little things you can put in your relationships that are just little reminders that, oh yeah, your daddy's little fuck toy or, you know, oh yeah, you're my little lovely foot servant or, oh yeah, you're my little and I'm your mama, baby. And like whatever you want out of it. I just think to add 
I, I just love protocol. <laughs> it's the best. It's the, the ritualization of uh. those like small and beautiful moments. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll have uh, my bottom start a scene by having them kneel yeah. and having them offer me the first implement like bundle of rope. Yeah. Love it. It's uh, it's very simple and it really kickstarts the subspace mm-hmm. I find. And I'm, I'm, I love the concept of bondage without bondage. Yeah. Verbal bondage. Um, like verbal bondage or bondage without the, the person in control having to even touch the, the other person. It makes me feel like mystical and super powerful and witchy and stuff. Um, <laughs> and let's not forget witchy. Let's yeah, not forget. I also um, tend to start off my, definitely my professional sessions. I start off that way. Um, you know, I'll, we'll have our negotiation and then I'll often tell them I'm going to leave the room for a couple minutes you know, you get as undressed as you would like to be for the session. And when you're finished, I would like you kneeling in the middle of this rug or on this pillow or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll re-enter the scene about two minutes and we'll, that's where we'll start. And yeah, it's just, as you said, a really good jumping off point that gets both of us in the right headspace. Um, you know, like in that, just locked into, okay, this is the dynamic now Mm -hmm. yeah totally that actually reminds me of um working with aesthetics clients because we do very much the same thing um before like doing a facial or something like that for someone like Mm -hmm. you take them in and you're like tell me about your skin um (laughs) what's going on today here's your little thing here's your little dress get under the sheets and i'll see you in a couple minutes like that's so true (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is similar to that and like, if you're going to see a doctor, you know, put on the gown, I'll be back in a minute. Da, da, da. Hmm. That's very interesting because those are, those are dynamics where there is a very clear power dynamic, the doctor and the patient, right? So that's interesting that we are, because they're all power dynamics and us doing DS, that's a power dynamic. So that is interesting that we kind of see those little protocol moments, um, in other places too, where there is an existing power dynamic that totally makes sense why that works at the beginning of a DS scene, because we've had experiences like that when you're at the, when you're at the spa, when you're at the doctor's office, when you're, you know what I mean? When there's an authority figure, um, and they're going to do an appointment with you. That's so cool. I don't know if I totally made that co- correlation before or not. <laughs> I, I think it's it also gives us a sense of ease because we have been told directly what to do. It's yes. very nice to receive like those clear and concise directions. Um, totally. From that's the why, person in yeah, charge. That's why I'm obsessed with well. protocol. I'm like, yeah. by all means, tell me what to do. Like, please. Tell me. Yeah. Like, so that I know how to please you and how to make you happy. Like, get, let's have some really open, honest, direct communication about what I'm supposed to do. Um, cause then, then I'll feel like I won't have stress about it. You know what I mean? Cause I've been told what to do and I know how to please you. It's not like, you know, out in the world with most of our relationships or dating when you're just trying to be a mind reader, like fuck all that, you know, just tell me and I'll do it. Like, please, literally, I just want to please you. Just tell me the things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. But it's, uh. 
My mind goes in some pretty interesting directions <laughs> now and again. Ooh, do yeah. tell. Well, I mean, I like I'm I'm just that kind of person who's like, oh yeah, we do use protocol in spas and uh, <laughs> right. every other places as well as in DS scenes. Who knew? Um, <laughs> and I mean, I love MedFet, so that's so funny that I've never necessarily thought of that. Um, also a good thing. Yes, That's I love it. I actually <laughs> love it. I love topping it. I love bottoming it for it. It's great. Mm. Oh, I love everything to do with um, like a doctor-patient dynamic. That's on my list, actually. Like bucket list for both bottoming and topping is uh, MedFet stuff. Yeah. I mean, you don't need like a whole setup for it. Like you can just mm-hmm. do a bit of role play in your bedroom where, I mean, yeah. that I do that every fucking day almost but um (laughs) you can you gotta make it work when you don't have access to like a fake doctor's office you gotta make it work yes that's true we don't know all of big medical equipment um in our homes although somebody who's a friend of mine that's kind of like in our kind of little kinky sex worker group Mm -hmm. they did actually just buy a vintage like crazy medical table Oh my um, god! From like that's amazing. the nineteen forties or something. <gasps> so cool. It cost them like two grand. It's like, oh, it's gonna be epic, epic. It's like that's gonna be epic. amazing. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, we're gonna do some shit on that. So crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you own some authentic items, or have you used some like vintage authentic <laughs> implements or stuff like that? Uh, so the last time I was in Toronto, mm-hmm. um, I went to a secret burlesque show at Kingpin's Hideaway. Nice. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I know. I know that store. Yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah. And he hauled out a collection of vintage kink paraphernalia. Fucking love it. <laughs> for us to play with, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Who's friends with, with him from Kingpin? Um, is the folks who do wheel and breach who they're (gasps) woodworkers but they are equally just as obsessed with like vintage erotic Mm. stuff like vintage kink implements vintage porn like their house like wheel and breach um josh and Tal's place is like a fucking kink museum it is amazing the coolest house (laughs) (laughs) we just never leave Anytime I like, in a corner. totally. Anytime I like go there to do something or pick up something from them, I'm like, I get like an hour tour. Just like, <laughs> show me, just show me some shit, would you please, Josh? Amazing, yeah, amazing. That's how I feel like my house is to most people nowadays. <laughs> my house is like that, but with stuffed animals. Like, oh, like just so many so many stuffed animals and like some are vintage and some are you know yeah that's basically uh what happens when someone comes to my place i start telling them all about all the stuffed animals yeah (laughs) and what their names their personalities (laughs) oh i rediscovered the pleasure of stuffed animals recently and i was like why did i not have these yeah for years totally i got a big like unicorn pegasus stuffy love it how big as big as me (laughs) love it have to have at least one like life-size stuffed animal Uh, we have like a big humpty dumpty um he's like 10 feet tall with his full legs because he's got really long legs but um yeah he's he's a um conversation piece he's the centerpiece (laughs) of our condo (laughs) 
everyone that comes in is like, whoa, what is that? Like, so. <laughs> party, party time. <laughs> Humpty Tumpty. Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> <laughs> More like Humpty Dumpty. Right? Hump day. Uh, 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 it's uh, Wednesday, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's his day. It's his namesake day. Perfect. <laughs> oh, Amazing. <laughs> so, okay, we should kind of be wrapping up, but I don't want to get straight into the outro yet because I want to give you the opportunity like if there's something that you wanted to tell the folks about rope that we didn't cover or about your practice or um I don't know if you wanted to tie up any loose ends from what has happened recently or anything like that like I wanted to give you the opportunity to say some words yeah to say Uh, some things (laughs) perfect as I mentioned earlier I am doing online workshops and classes and private lessons through either my uh, lonely fans, yep. lonely flans, yep. whatever. Um, <laughs> that one through there. Um, so you can contact me either there uh, to discuss that or I'm always on Instagram and or Facebook as Battleaxe Bondage. So you can hit me up there with any questions. I'm always down to have a, a reasonable conversation about rope and um, spread the good word about uh, about tying people up with dangly objects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and going forward, like with your business, I know you just said mm-hmm. that you're going to school in the fall. So are you just going to continue kind of doing those things? Or are you going to be actively looking for a new space once COVID is kind of figured out what's going to be happening? Do you think? Um, I'm going to try and see if I can set up an aesthetic space for myself after I finish up school and that will sort of double as a rope space as well. But uh, in all honesty, it's kind of too far in the future for me to tell at the moment. Yeah. And it's kind of uncertain too. So yes, there you go. Understood. Mm -hmm. So, okay. What are the things that I need to tell all you lovely people about? Um, First of all, let's say the email. If you want to email me about anything, bedpost related podcast related you can do so at the bedpost sex show at gmail.com if you want to drop a little money honey uh for the podcast and get some bonus content at the same time you can do so at patreon.com slash the bedpost show you can follow me at the bedpost podcast on instagram uh since we kind of talked about domination and whatnot you can follow me at pim.lady on instagram or at the lady pim one on twitter um yes that is most of what's happening right now um i always like to mention as well the lovely lady that does the original music for the pod that is stephanie copeland she's from hamilton and is the best uh stephcopelandmusic.com is where you can find the rest of her stuff but kelsey i'm so glad that we finally got this opportunity to sit down and chat with each other Yes, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. I um, for sure think people are going to take away great things from this episode. So thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> it was Yay. great to uh, great to chat. Yeah, me <laughs> too. And thank you everybody who's been listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. We will be back next week with another lovely, fun, sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. We'll see you then, everybody. Bye!
podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.